Thank you. And thank you for returning to your seats uh, without me having to give the evil teacher eye. Would you allow me to lead you in the prayer for illumination? Let us pray. Almighty God, your word tells us that blessed are those who hunger and thirst for closeness to you. Help us to seek you and to understand the wonders of your word. Give us the grace to understand and lead us in the light of truth and justice through Jesus Christ. Amen. The first scripture reading this morning is from Matthew, chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. You can find it on page 4 of the Sanctuary Bible in the New Testament. Again, we will be reading Matthew, chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. Listen now for God's living word. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to speak and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Reveal, O God, your wonder to our eyes. Open our hearts to Christ's love. Disperse from our minds any darkness and fill our lives with your light. Protect us, O God, from thoughts without action. Guard us from words without life. Grant us wisdom to walk in your ways and open us always to the guiding of your spirit. Amen. There was a woman who was the pastor of a small urban church, and the church was known for their midweek outreach program to teenagers and youth, and dozens of teenagers came each week. And weekly, the pastor closed their gathering with prayer. The youth piled into the sanctuary to pray, and then they left for home. One evening, though, after the prayer, as the youth began to scatter and go their different ways, one youth came to her and asked for a blessing. The pastor, surprised by the request, put her hands on the youth's head and spoke a brief prayer, Aaron's blessing. It comes from Scripture, from the book of Numbers. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord's face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord be kind to you and grant you peace. Another youth nearby witnessed her offer of a blessing and came to her requesting one as well. And she gave the same blessing. 
And then the teenagers began to line up in the aisle of the sanctuary, each one requesting her to offer a blessing. And as the teenagers lined up, they began to do so each week, and it became a ritual. Each week, she offered a blessing over each teenager as they went their different ways. And after a few years of offering these blessings, the pastor had to give the youth some bittersweet news. She had been called to a new church, a new community. And so she came to the point where she would offer the prayer And the youth lined up as they did each week, knowing that this would be the last time that she offered them this blessing. And as the youth lined up, as they did every other week, the pastor went to go and bless the first one in line, and he said that she should not bless him today. Instead, he wanted to bless her. And the youth said, you bless us each week as we leave. Tonight we bless you so you can go. And the youth said, may the Lord bless you and keep you, and may the Lord's face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord be kind to you and give you peace, just as she had said over and over. He returned the blessing that she, the pastor, had given every week, and one by one, The youth offered her the very same blessing that she had offered so many times. A simple prayer offered weekly that transformed a woman and her community. The blessing was a sign of something deeper. A transformation that didn't happen just because of the words. There was a shared life rooted in a faith that had become common because of the experience of blessing one another weekly. Now in the Gospel of Matthew, the word blessed, blessed, that is used in the Beatitudes also means to be fortunate or happy or to be envied. And the writer of the Gospel of Matthew expresses that faith with roots that go into the Jewish tradition. And so understanding a bit of Old Testament uh, knowledge about blessing can be helpful to understanding the Beatitudes that Jesus is teaching here in our scripture this morning. Now in Hebrew, the language of the Old Testament, the Hebrew Testament, the word used for blessing shares the same sense as the word for kneeling. It can also describe a spring of water that is flowing or or a pool of water that is forming. It can suggest the experience of meaningful words spoken or a particular action taken. The word blessing in Hebrew has the sense of God speaking and creation, the earth and all its people and creatures thriving. Like a spring in the desert, a blessing is a power for living. It is an awakening to something that is sacred. It's it's like something blooming, blossoming. It's like getting down on our knees, praying, 
Blessing is a humble experience of receiving love from God. At the beginning of Jesus' ministry with the disciples, the crowds gathered. And they, they crowded Jesus. They wanted to experience the teaching of this rabbi, the knowledge and the gifts of this rabbi. And so as they gathered and as they crowded, Jesus leaves the story. He leaves in the story to walk up a mountain to leave the crowd at the base. And the disciples, these who are following Jesus, these twelve follow him up the mountain. And then Jesus begins to teach the disciples And this teaching begins with a series of eight blessings. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn the meek. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Blessed are the merciful, the pure in heart, the peacemakers, and the persecuted. Now when I read these beatitudes, these blessings, they don't seem to suggest people who feel blessed or happy or envied. Beatitudes that describe a crowd that are gathering at a base of mountain, these beatitudes show that Jesus was aware of the people who were seeking after him. He was aware of their needs, of their hopes, of their longings, of their struggles. And the Beatitudes, these blessings, express God's compassion toward the very realities of human life and human vulnerability. These blessings reveal the hope and the promise of life that characterizes what the gospel writers call the kingdom of God. The nature of these blessings remind us that that these are not qualities that we seek in order to be happy or envied. They're not, they are are instead attributes that, they're not attributes that we embody or calls to action per se. They're not a checklist that prepares a person to receive salvation. They're not, these are blessings that don't favor privileged or powerful. Instead, they're, they're humble blessings that invite justice and kindness and mercy. The Beatitudes are realities of a world that matters to God. And these are realities that point to a world that is even beyond the one we know. There's a phrase that is often used by theologians when they unpack moments in scripture where God's eternal ways intersect with our tremendously human situations. The phrase is the inbreaking of the kingdom of God. God's ways coming among human life. Inbreaking suggests that God's desires are entering the world that we know by God's grace. And while what God created to be eternal remains steadfast, the promises of God come here and now to transform people in the present moment. 
Frederick Beekner wrote, when we think of eternal life, if we think of it at all, we think of it as what happens when life ends. We would do better to think of it, Beekner says, as what happens when life begins. Author Eugene Peterson describes God coming to dwell on earth as God moving into the neighborhood. I like this because it makes the this sense of inbreaking of God's love feel more concrete. God moving into the neighborhood, and in our neighborhood there are people who are poor in spirit. There are the mourning, the meek, the merciful, those seeking righteousness. There are the pure at heart, the peacemakers, the persecuted, persecuted, and they're a lot like us. God moves into the neighborhood and gets to know the people. But knowing, knowing is not enough for God. The blessing is that These will know God, and in this neighborhood, pain will know comfort. The people will inherit the earth, that they will be filled, they will receive mercy. The people will see God, they will be called children of God, and people will inhabit the kingdom of heaven, the neighborhood of heaven. It's far beyond just knowing God, it is being with God. Now, just as these blessings are not a checklist, neither are they rewards. They're compassionate gifts of God for the difficult realities of being human. Blessings always come from God by grace. Unearned, unmerited, freely given. In challenging circumstances, these blessings are a particular gift. They are blessings that reveal a hope for a future that looks more like the one that God dreams of, a neighborhood that looks more like God's neighborhood. And on the mountain, the disciples who Jesus has called, they are preparing for their own ministry. And so when they walk down that mountain, they will humbly enter a crowd at the trailhead, at the base of the hill, and they will rejoin their neighborhood neighbors in their neighborhood. But the neighborhood is different now, knowing that God's blessing is breaking in among the people because the neighborhood is filled with beatitudes. These disciples that Jesus called came from these people after all. They knew each other. They were classmates and colleagues and co-workers. They were friends and they were family. The disciples will see the faces of those who Jesus called blessed among the crowd. And like a spring in the desert, like a pool that is is forming to bring life. We each experience God's blessing. 
We each are blessed by the shared life that is made known by Jesus to us and our community. And the ministry of Jesus will reveal that God is our neighbor. And the disciples will lead people to become neighbors because they know God. These beatitudes are signs of what life looks like when God moves into the neighborhood and God's people become aware that God is their neighbor. And when we experience our neighbor as a child of God and they see us in the same way, we begin to experience God's blessing in new ways. Jesus came to walk among humanity in the midst of our most vulnerable situations. These blessings are possibilities that happen when God walks among people. So two blessings happen when people see God working and walking among them. So one blessing might open to another and to another and to another. And those who would do justice and love kindness, those who would walk humbly, are called to make our human neighborhood reflect the character of God's neighborhood. Now, through the years, many people have suggested some contemporary beatitudes. It feels like this has become a particularly good exercise in the last few years. A variety of Christian writers and pastors have done so, and this practice of coming up with what a modern beatitude would be calls us to engage life with a new and renewed sense of faith. A few years ago, Pope Francis proposed some new beatitudes. I think some of them are particularly relevant for us today. Francis wrote, Blessed are those who remain faithful while enduring evils inflicted on them by others and forgive them from their heart. Blessed are those who look into the eyes of the abandoned and marginalized and show them their closeness. Blessed are those who see God in every person and strive to discover God and help others to discover God. A Lutheran pastor, a woman named Nadia Bowles-Weber, she imagined some modern beatitudes as well. She has a lot of them, actually, a lot of them. So a few of them, I think, hit close to home for our church and our city. She wrote, Blessed are the compassionate Blessed are those with pre-existing conditions. Blessed are those who are differently abled, and blessed are their bodies. Blessed are the sex workers and the night shift street sweepers. Blessed are they who don't have the luxury of taking things for granted anymore. Blessed are the unemployed, the unimpressive, and the underrepresented. Blessed are those who do the laundry at the hospital. Blessed are those who have nothing to offer. Blessed are they for whom nothing seems to be working. Blessed are those who still aren't over it yet. 
the blessings of God enter into even our most vulnerable situations. If you wrote your own Beatitudes today, what would they be? Who would we, who would you invite to bless? Who needs to know that God is their neighbor in your life or in the life of our neighborhood or in the life of our city? Who needs to know that we are their neighbor? What beatitudes would you write? I wrote a few of my own. Blessed are those who welcome the stranger who looks different. Blessed is the one who speaks truthfully even at risk to their own safety. Blessed are the students who sit alone in the lunchroom. Blessed is the cashier who works a second job. Blessed is the student who cannot read. Blessed are those who stand up to bullies. Blessed are those who make business decisions based on people over profits. Blessed are those who know that the world needs God's love. And so they share love. What beatitude would you write? What beatitude would remind the world that God is their neighbor? What beatitude would describe that the people of God are neighbors in this neighborhood and in God's neighborhood? For calling out such a blessing is nothing short of a faithful and compelling act of compassion. And it might just be the kind of blessing that we so need to hear. It might just be the kind of blessing that we could carry with us into our lives, the kind of blessing that we could share with all the people we meet each day. I hope you think of your own Beatitudes I hope you write them down. I hope you carry them with you. Because I believe that God is calling us to share blessings with one another, with the world around us, because God has turned to us so powerfully with God's own blessing. May we know such gifts of sharing God's love and God's grace faithfully in every part of our lives, this day and always. Amen.